This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 1203 September 20th, 2022. Good afternoon and thanks for joining us for the Tuesday edition of the WBBM Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rachel Pearson filling in for Rob Hart. The partnership between the NFL and Amazon already yielding major results. We'll take a closer look in our next segment, but right now the latest report on housing starts leads today's data while concern about Fed policy continues to be top of mind. We're joined by Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com based in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And Greg, let's start with the Fed because it certainly is top of mind of many. And uh, you'd think that this was something we would expect uh, knowing that there's a 75 point basis hike uh, coming likely, but uh, the stocks seem to uh, suggest otherwise. Well, Rachel, you know, the markets have really feasted on this low rate environment that's persisted uh, for years and years. And that dynamic is changing. I mean, the Fed has kind of had this tough love message for markets that inflation is is what they've got to focus on. They're going to continue to raise rates, uh, economic uh, consequences notwithstanding. Uh, And there's a lot of uncertainty about just how high the Fed has to raise rates and how long they're going to stay there. And so in the face of that, you're seeing a lot of selling, not just in stocks, but in the bond market as well. It is sort of that fine line between tough love and being too aggressive, tipping the economy into a recession. Uh, Your thoughts on potentially seeing a 100 basis point hike, or is that unlikely? I I think that's unlikely. Uh, What we did hear a lot of from the Fed in the the weeks leading up uh, was a lot of talk about this 75 basis point being on the table. Uh, And I think that the consumer price index, when that came out, it really just kind of cemented Uh, that 75 basis point hike. But here's the the thing. They're not done. They're going to continue to raise rates. And the the longer this troublesome inflation sticks around, the more likely that they're continue raising rates in an aggressive fashion, as we've seen in recent months. Let's shift gears now to housing starts. Some unexpected data today as housing starts jumped uh, just over 12 percent in August. But uh, we are still seeing some rising interest rates, keeping the housing market relatively cool. What's interesting you most about this? Yeah, honestly, I think that number is kind of a flash in the pan. Uh, You know, it was largely centered around the Midwest. Most of the rest of the country uh, actually saw a drop off or a very modest increase uh, in in housing starts, still down sharply from where it was in in April. And the best indicator of what type of housing start numbers we're going to see in the months to come is what we're seeing on building permits. And that number has just completely fallen off the table since April. Well, and again, those those rising interest rates are certainly keeping potential home buyers away. Not only interest rates, but still home prices really haven't come down much either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, real affordable. It's a kind of a double squeeze in terms of affordability. The rise in mortgage rates this year, just by itself, it has the same impact on affordability as a 28 percent increase in home prices. And so, you know, if that were all, it would still be pretty significant. But you layer that on top of the strong appreciation of the past couple of years. 
And you can uh, see why a lot of buyers are just deciding to walk away. Thanks so much. Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com, based in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Coming up, the NFL driving new memberships to Amazon's Prime service. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. We're starting to see results from Amazon's exclusive deal to stream NFL Thursday Night Football. Let's check the numbers with Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Vertair Group here in Chicago. And Tim, break it down. How well was this debut? Well, it's uh, still kind of uh, up in the air, uh, Rachel. The, um, uh, there's a lot of uh, conjecture today. The um, internal uh, communications amongst people within Amazon Prime, uh, the management there is claiming internally, uh, without any Nielsen data yet to sort of uh, ascertain whether it's true or not, um, a successful uh, uh, broadcast of the game, broadcast streaming of the game on Thursday night. Um, I think it's uh, questionable as to just how uh, uh, many people uh, viewed uh, the game. I mean, uh, Amazon essentially has promised advertisers uh, about 12 and a half million uh, viewers per game. Um, uh, the uh, pre-game uh, version or the, the uh, preseason version uh, was a little less than that. Um, and uh, it's also a little bit of a wrinkle because you have to add in the local team broadcasts to the mix as well. My bet is that uh, that they did probably better than that 12 and a half million um, uh, number. I'm going to guess probably around 15 to 18 million or so when you add in uh, those broadcasts, uh, extra streams that they are offering, uh, et cetera. But it also probably uh, is more of a curiosity than anything else. I think Amazon internally was very excited and, and uh, is pointing to uh, internal data that shows that they had a what they call a record number of new subscribers uh, to Amazon Prime, which is an internal number. We don't know how many that means, and we don't know what that's benchmarked against. But it seems to indicate that that Amazon is very happy with the at least the new subscribers to Amazon Prime for people desperately trying to find Thursday Night Football. Now, the million-dollar, or I guess I should say billion-dollar question, is it worth the $1 billion deal that Amazon paid to exclusively have Thursday Night Football? Well, it's, it's a very, very good question. Um, a billion dollars is not chump change. Um, and I, look, let's be honest. I mean, I, I don't know, perhaps, if you watched or, or others who are listening watched the game, depending on how they watched it and when and on what device, uh, I, I would not say that the streaming experience was an unqualified success. A lot of people uh, from various parts of the country and various uh, touch points were saying that there was um, buffering issues going on. There were, uh, it was a lack of a sync uh, between the, uh, the, the audio and the, vi- and the video. Uh, consistency of the, of the signal was not great. Um, that's to be expected, frankly, when, let's say, 15 million people are trying to access a live stream at the same time. Will that get better? Yes, most likely. Uh, but uh, I would say the experience was not universally uh, warm and, uh, and fuzzy uh, as Amazon perhaps thinks it might be. And, you know, it's, it's hard to replicate what a broadcast television network brings. And that's what the NFL is experimenting along with Amazon uh, at this moment. Thanks so much. Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group in Chicago. Up next, supply chain issues have nearly complete Ford vehicles waiting for final parts. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
Tens of thousands of Ford vehicles can't be sold. It's because they still lack certain parts. Let's get the latest on supply chain woes from John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv, based in Detroit. John, 40 to 45,000 Ford vehicles. That's not nothing. That's not nothing is right. In fact, uh, General Motors had the same problem. You know, it ended up the second quarter with something like 90,000 vehicles that it could not sell. The good news for GM right now is it is getting those parts and starting to sell those vehicles. And probably next quarter, Ford will be able to start doing the same with those 40 to 45,000 that are just sitting around uh, waiting to go to a dealership. So when you combine this shortage of available vehicles with demand from consumers, we're obviously seeing these soaring prices reaching record highs. But I'm curious, if and when these vehicles receive those parts, are they going to flood the market? And and will we see a potential price drop? No, and no. (laughs) I mean, uh, inventory is so tight right right now. You know, when Ford's able to free up those 45,000 vehicles, just as GM is now freeing up 90,000 vehicles, it's going to help their sales. But as I said, inventory is so low, demand is still so strong that you're not going to see car prices come down. Not not anytime soon, not this year. I will. So not only Ford, but some other automakers seem relatively optimistic that these supply chain issues will eventually improve. Do you share that same sentiment? It depends what you're talking about. So if it comes to computer chips, we know the, the chip industry is ramping up production. When it comes to other common commodities like fabrics and glass, the, the, the industry is running into shortages of them as well. They're going to get resolved. But when you look a farther down into electric vehicles, which need new mining for lithium and cobalt and manganese, and that's going to be a bottleneck. Uh, that's not going to get resolved anytime shortly. Well, and help us understand, because you alluded to this earlier, that this isn't the first time Ford has built its vehicles with most, but not all, of their computer chips. And in fact, in March, the company would would ship out the SUVs to customers, sell them, and then later add the chips when they came in. Is this some, Could something similar happen now with these trucks and SUVs? No, not with these, Rachel. And, and you're absolutely right. Ford was able to ship, and, and GM and others as well, were able to ship vehicles. For example, uh, earlier this summer, I, I got to test drive uh, a Chevrolet Silverado. The heated seats didn't work. The heated steering wheel didn't work. Well, no big deal. You know, it was the summertime. And that's a chip that can be easily replaced at the dealership. There are other chips that are buried down inside the vehicle or would require a lot of work. So they can't give those kinds of vehicles to consumers because Big parts of the vehicle just simply wouldn't work. For now, of course, people can get by without heated seats and a heated steering wheel. And those vehicles can happily be shipped to customers. But like I said, some of the others require a lot more work and have got to stay parked for right now. I'll give it a couple months in Chicago, and we're certainly going to be begging for those heated seats and steering wheels. (laughs) Thanks so much, John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv based in Detroit. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday. Now, right now, is the time to book your flights for the holiday season. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. An explosion at a building on the West Side Austin community leaves at least eight people hospitalized. A relative now being questioned after a young child is pulled from Lake Michigan in critical condition. In Travel Tuesday, the time is now to book those holiday flights while American Airlines is unveiling new plans for its business class and premium economy sections. And financial markets could be heading toward new bear market low. WBBM Business, the Dow down 479 points, the Nasdaq off 158, and the S&P 500 down 63 points. AccuWeather says the rest of today will be mostly sunny with a high of 89 degrees. Clear skies tonight, low 73, then sunshine tomorrow afternoon, but not before a shower or thunderstorm in the morning will reach a high of 82 degrees. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. At least eight people have been taken to hospitals after an explosion in a top floor of an apartment building on the west side. The blast happened around 9.15 this morning at Central and West End Avenues. That's in the Austin neighborhood. CBS 2's Chris Habermel describes the scene from Chopper 2. The uh, top floor, the fourth floor, which is basically on the northeast corner of this intersection at uh, where this building is at, has actually blown out and the roof as one unit has collapsed up there. So it blew out the top floor, raised the roof on the top floor, and then the roof settled down on the uh, remainder of that collapsed wall section. Conditions of the injured range from critical to fair investigators now working to determine the cause. We're also learning more about what happened to a three-year-old boy left in critical condition after being rescued from Lake Michigan yesterday afternoon. A law enforcement source tells the Sun-Times the child was pushed into the water near Navy Pier by a relative. That family member initially told police she was just a witness to the incident, then claimed she was holding the boy's shirt and let him fall into the water. But surveillance video reportedly shows the woman pushing the boy toward the edge of the pier and tossing him into the water. She's now in custody, though charges have not yet been announced. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Stocks are trading sharply lower. We're joined now by Gary Coltbaum, president of Coltbaum Capital Management based in Orlando, Florida. And and Gary, have investors really gotten a grip on the likely 75 basis point interest rate hike expected from the Fed tomorrow? Uh, yeah, but they're also getting the grip on that. Even if the Fed does that, they're still way behind what needed to be done. Uh, the one-year yield is over 4%. The Fed will be at 3% tomorrow. So they're still not fighting inflation. They're basically enabling it by slow walking this whole thing up. I think markets know it. Uh, but there's something else at work right now, and that's the latest uh, news out of Federal Express that moves everything. They drop their numbers big time, which means guidance for all kinds of areas is being dropped, and that's affecting markets also, and the bear market continues. I do want to circle back a little bit to the Fed. Do you think we're going to see the same reaction on the markets uh, tomorrow as we've seen previously with other interest rate hikes? Um, The only good news I can give you, and I'm not so sure it's good news, uh, the Dow has dropped like 2,500 points in the last six days. So maybe one could think that it's overdone just in the short run, uh, but the main trend is just still down. We have a complete repricing of markets based on Jay Powell getting rates down to 0% and printing up to $9 trillion, along with his counterpart in Europe and Japan. 
and now the, it, it's all changed. And they're not raising rates because they want to. They're raising rates because they're forced to. And that's kind of sort of the worst of all worlds. And the market's speaking loud and clear here. Taking sort of a macro look at stocks, they're maybe poised to retest the June lows. Are, are you in that camp as well? Oh, yeah. And uh, I think God's favor will break them. Uh, you know, I... I'm a big believer in just getting the main trend right, but I also look at historical valuation, and we're still up there, and we're still up there based on 0% rates, but now we're going higher. The market has to also adjust to the inflationary-type rates, and that means lower valuations going forward. And again, you don't need my opinion. You can just see stocks uh, worsening on a daily basis. Uh, even though the the indices are not at new yearly lows, we have almost uh, 900 stocks at new yearly lows. So individual names are starting to lead, and usually the indices will follow. As the markets are going through this adjustment period, are there areas that, that you're finding value right now? Uh, not value, but relative strength. Uh, the solar stocks are a port in the storm. Uh, but after that, there's really not much. There's a few names here and there. Uh, it's just a, a good time to just uh, be away from anything equities. Um, I, the managed care stocks hold up well uh, because they get a lot of money from government. Uh, but after that, again, uh, oil pipelines, I'll give you that one, too. So good relative strength in those areas. But everything else is, is pretty much on the miserable side. And we just think cash is big time king. And uh, I think you get, you get four, as I mentioned, 4% on a one-year uh, uh, T-bill, not the worst thing in the world when markets are going down. What's your advice for individual investors and specifically the ones who fear that the Fed may be too aggressive and could teeter the economy into a recession? Well, first, I think we're in recession now. And with housing dropping, I, I think it's a guarantee. Uh, I just tell people, use their own sleep indicator. If you're not sleeping at night, you have too much money in the market. Uh, we've had a lot of cash for a very long time right now. Uh, there is nothing wrong with it. I know there's people saying, don't worry, hold on long term, everything will be fine. It's just no fun uh, while markets continue to go down and people telling you everything's going to be fine. Maybe down the road, but right now I still think lower prices at hand. And again, cash, you can't lose money in it. And right now, most things are uh, uh, you're paying a penalty for owning. That's Gary Kolbaum, president of Kolbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Up next in Travel Tuesday, a leading U.S. airline reveals new seats in its business class and premium economy. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Travel Tuesday. This afternoon, we're discussing some new seating on American Airlines and the need to book holiday flights as soon as possible. We're joined by Ken Goldstein, president of KJG International Consulting, based here in Chicago. And Ken, I guess I'm behind if I haven't already booked that uh, holiday travel trip. Well, what the airlines are trying to do is try to build up their inventory of what they've got so they can look into the future, i.e. Thanksgiving and Christmas. I think what we've seen is that the numbers increased over the summer in spite of all the problems, uh, air traffic control, customer uh, service representative shortages, air crew shortages, etc. But still, we're almost back to 2019 numbers and at times even surpassed them. So the long and short is, if you're going to book, the best time is to book now. You'll get a better airfare. Days of the week, you got to be careful of Sunday. Tuesday, generally, seem to be the better days to get airfares. 
uh, check with the various airlines who you can see what you're doing. Uh, the other thing is if you're going to book, try to book on off-peak hours so that if you're going to go for Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving morning is a good time to go. Actually, most mornings are pretty good. Or Christmas Eve because everyone's booked ahead of that. And as long as the airlines still have this program where you can book now and maybe change your flight letter without, later without any cost, that's still to the advantage. So, again, long and short, book now if you can. Are there? Does this sort of throw a wrench into things, though, in that, that there are going to be fewer flights this fall? You mentioned some of the complications facing airlines, especially staffing shortages being one of them. So is it going to be one of those things where there's not enough supply of flights to meet the demand? The yes, it's a yes and no answer. The yes is, yeah, there are still some shortages. The airlines are still hiring as fast as they can, getting more pilots in, more uh, crews, more uh, customer service representatives. Uh, so what they're trying to do is gear up. Uh, right now, September, October, early November, there are talks of some places where they've got, for example, like Phoenix, which is a major hub for American, they've cut their flights back. But I think you're going to find that the traveling public is going to fill those airplanes. So the long and short for the holidays, Thanksgiving, and, of course, the month of December with Christmas, uh, you're going to find these airplanes pretty full. And it's better to book now to at least guarantee your seat and hopefully at a better rate. Well, once you're on that seat, let's talk about the announcement from American Airlines saying farewell to first class and hello to suites. So help us understand that move. Well, the long and short, again, is very simple. The front of the airplane always paid for the back. The back was used by the airlines to be competitive with the low-cost carriers. So you were the last to board. You weren't sure if you'd get your bag on, etc. So what they've done is made almost from the front of the airplane to about midway, where the wings are, those are going to be business class or premium economy. And they find that the first class really wasn't needed because the business economy, these are like semi-pods that American Airlines is putting in, and it's one on either end of the aisle and two in the center. And these are individuals, and they get all the amenities that you had with first class are pretty much the same. If you want to take it another analogy, you could say what used to be first class is now business, what used to be business is now premium economy, and then economy, that's the long and short in the back. Uh, what, airline, what the airline is doing, and again, all the airlines, whether it be Delta, United, American, leave Southwest out of this, uh, is they've upgraded what we might call now the interim service to business, and then go from there. Now, one thing the airlines haven't taken into consideration, and this is something you should be aware of, some of the airline, uh, companies like Google, uh, Goldman Sachs, are starting to cut back on travel. And they're saying it's, if it's for seeing a client, well, that's fine. If it's just intercompany, we're not going to do that anymore. That could be an impact on the airlines and their attempts to fill these new pods or the front part of the airplane that really pays for the rest. So the airlines have to got to take this into consideration. I think they're gearing up from the standpoint, look, if people are going to fly, we don't want to be stuck in the back with everyone else. Let them go fly Spirit or Frontier or other airlines, and we'll take care of them up front, and hopefully they'll be returning passengers. Thanks so much, Ken Goldstein, president of KJG International Consulting. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday, and still to come, a look at Wall Street from the lens of a stock market contrarian. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. 
A new bear market low likely in the cards for stocks. Joining us with a contrarian view of financial markets is Mark Holbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington, D.C. Mark, what are you and your contrarian peers saying about the financial markets right now? Well, what what contrarians like to focus on is uh, the kind of sentiment that is historically been correlated with a major market bottom. And that sentiment is uh, what sometimes is referred to as capitulation or throwing in the towel. It's it's just utter despair when people say that they're, they're, uh, they're going to give up on stocks forever. And ironically, it's when that is pretty widespread, that ends up being the bottom of the bear market. And so there are a number of measures. We have our own, but a lot of firms do as well, that try to measure whether we have that kind of despair and pessimism. And we're just not seeing it. That um, you know, obviously, a day like today, there's a lot of discouragement out there. But nonetheless, what we find is that when the market starts to rally, even if it's just a tiny whiff of a rally, that a lot of people are very, very quick to jump back onto the uh, to the bullish bandwagon. And so we haven't yet seen that kind of utter despair that is characteristic of a major bottom. And is that something that you're anticipating or is it this rally we'll see that's uh, maybe going to be a little bit more sustainable? Well, that's a great question. Unfortunately, contrarians don't like try to don't usually try to predict how long it'll take. They say we can let the the market tell its story in its own time. And so, after a day like today, we look to see whether people are throwing in the towel or not. But throwing in the towel is something that emerges over time. We have to look not only on a day like today, but on the first or second rally attempts to see whether the people jump back on the bandwagon or whether they stay out. And it's, so it'll be after several weeks that we'll be able to determine that, yes, wow, we see now that thoroughgoing pessimism that's characteristic of a bottom. So it's not going to be something you see right away. It could be that we see that bottom within the next month. It could be, it could be in six months from now. We just don't know. Investment columnist Mark Holbert, thanks so much for joining us. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's also a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.